are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. Um... No no game to recap, given that the Pelicans and Spurs game was postponed. We'll dive into that just quickly because we've got to touch on some of the issues around it. But all things considered with a report from Andrew Lopez of ESPN, I'm kind of cool with what's happened. This seems to be as good of a cancellation as it could be for the Pelicans, and I'll explain what that is coming up. And then, now with some extra time, it's a mailbag edition of Locked On Questions. I asked you for some questions on Twitter. You guys came in with some really, really good ones. We're going to throw in some old school names. We're going to kind of look at this season a little bit, too, and we'll probably stretch some of these questions out over the course of the week. That's how many good ones came through. So if you want your question answered on this week's uh, edition of Locked On Pelicans, Tweet them at me at Nola Jake and I'll keep using some of these and we'll do at least one or two in every podcast the rest of the week. So without further ado, let's dive into it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So first things first, postponement for the Pelicans and the San Antonio Spurs. Kind of surprising because we didn't really hear any issues around either of these two teams. You know, the Spurs played uh, the night before. They were on the second night of back-to-back coming into New Orleans, which is maybe a little bit disappointing that you're going to catch them when they were going to be a little bit tired, maybe not as well rested. And the Pelicans could have started off a pretty decent homestand that's somewhat friendly towards them with a big victory that gets things back on track and maybe calms everyone down to a degree, but not happening anymore for New Orleans. The interesting note from this is neither team, neither team, the Spurs nor the Pelicans, had the eight available players to go out and play a game, meaning there were issues on both sides here. This then came to light courtesy of Andrew Lopez, our friend of the show of ESPN, saying that the issue comes from not potential exposure of a player, good, but of a non-team member who is part of both teams' traveling parties in recent days. So my read, that's a little confusing, right? Like my read on this is not a player, but someone with the team who's part of the team's traveling party might have coronavirus um, or tested positive, may not, but then contact tracing of players who had been around that person then ruled them out for the game. And it sounds like this happened for both the Spurs and the Pelicans. This is going to be kind of the trouble of not playing in a bubble that someone gets uh, a positive test or could have had it. Now you've got to rule other people out through contact tracing. And there you go. The game is postponed. The good news is it doesn't sound like any player on either team tested positive for COVID. That's, that's good. You don't want these guys to get that, you know, while going out and playing. So overall, first things first, you know, good situation overall, I guess, if you're going to have a postponement, have it be because no players um, tested positive whatsoever. We, you know, we, we worry about the team uh, representative, whoever it was that potentially tested positive or didn't. Again, it's a little murky and they're not doing a great job of being very transparent with some of these issues, but also it's people's health issues. So I don't know if they even really need to in the first place, but there you go. So that's why the game hasn't been played last night and will get made up at a later date and time. We don't really know when. 
So let's dive into the mailbag and I got a bunch of really good ones and we'll use some of these over the course of the week. So again, tweet me your questions at Nola Jake on Twitter and we'll throw some of them in here. I want to shout out one that I'm not going to use today because we could probably do a whole podcast on it. It's that good of a question and I kind of want to do that at some point, maybe around the all-star break. And it sounds like maybe we're even going to have a game in some capacity from that. This one comes from Chance Hester at Coach Hester WF. What was missing from that 07-08 Hornets team from being in the finals? Two seed, whipped down in the first lost in seven to San Antonio in the second round what was the missing ingredient doing a retrospective on that team could be a lot of fun I think we should save that for at least one whole podcast or two podcasts or more um, but uh, I saw that one I, re- I really liked that one um, and I want to get back to that but at a later date in time the first one I want to take uh, take on here for all of this is has to do with Lonzo Ball and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I don't want to dwell on Lonzo Ball much more than we really need to because I think we've done a little bit too much of it, but I want to just quickly answer one thing with this question. This comes from Mr. PhD at Tech News Foot. Is there any chance to see Na as a starter over Lonzo? Um, any free agent at the moment that could help at least with the bench? So I'll answer both of these. First and foremost, in terms of free agent, the Pelicans basically are at the luxury tax line. They have an empty roster spot. They can't really add a guy to that roster spot without going into the luxury tax. This team is not worth paying the luxury tax for so don't expect a lot of player movement unless they're trading away guys and somehow you not somehow but losing salary in the process and not taking as much back as they're sending out otherwise they're kind of like stuck with this roster for right now and there's no free agent out there that's really going to make much of a difference so in terms of Nah over Lonzo they're different players and I know people want to kind of look at them and say like oh just start Nikhil over Lonzo Ball Nikhil is not a point guard you know, now Lonzo, you could say, doesn't do a lot of point guard things, the half court and Nikhil at least attacks, but you still do need a guy who wants to try and create for others and run an offense. And that's not what Nikhil Alexander Walker does. He is very much a two guard instead of a one. He's that shooting guard that can go out and score and can get you buckets and try and drive and bring that aggression when you need it. You know, Eric Bledsoe fills a lot of the point guard role for New Orleans. So in a sense, you can see it, but at the same point, he doesn't do that ton and both him and Lonzo Ball kind of share some of those duties. Neither is quite kind of that lead, lead, run your offense guard. Like you don't really see a guy like Eric Bledsoe playing out of the pick and roll because he's just not good at it. Nikhil is either so adding him in there just to kind of hope that he'll fix the problems you have with this offense that Lonzo is not giving you you know the things that Lonzo isn't giving you isn't going to work so kind of looking at it from that mindset isn't actually going to be helpful for this Pelicans team you you play not to just get him minutes not to try and fix some of the problems here because not isn't going to fix a lot of that. So if he ends up being a starter, which I don't think he will over Lonzo, because I think they want Lonzo's passing in there and the defense too. Don't forget that. That's actually where he shines compared to a lot of these other guys. I do think you'll, you'll end up seeing Lonzo in the starting lineup and Nikhil, you know, finding minutes here and there. The, the argument would be to give Nikhil more minutes. You can still reduce Lonzo's while still having him start in the meantime, because you know, like why not? Um, but otherwise they will, eventually you know that that's the way to go about it so there we go so na is a two guard not a one so before we get to more of your mailbag questions including a melvin eli name drop from some dude at the athletic today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by betonline.ag the nfl regular season is over the super bowl is set you want to bet on it make that game way more interesting because frankly you're not really excited that tom brady's in there are you and there's only one place to do 
do that one place I trust for online sports betting, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. You're already a winner just by signing up. They're giving you free money. They've got all the prop bets for the Super Bowl. They've got all the prop bets for the NBA regular season, all of the lines that you want, including Zion Williamson's over-under on points when it comes to it in every single game that he plays. Betting the over on that's pretty smart usually. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget, use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So continuing on with a mailbag edition of Locked On Pelicans in the wake of the postponement between the Spurs and Pelicans game last night. And of course, if you want your question answered on the show, tweet me at Nola Jake on Twitter. Don't ask the normal stuff. It's always like, who should they trade? What can you get for Lonzo? Give me something a little bit different. Feel free to get weird with it, too. Um, we'll probably have like a segment on king cakes at some point, too, because I've been eating so much of them. But I want to continue with two questions that kind of... I think tie into each other to some degree. So the first one is ready, ready for Cade. I see what you did there. And it's at whatever IDRC. I don't know what the, oh, I don't really care. Okay. Whatever IDRC, but W A T E V E R I D R I C, whatever it is. All right. With how good this draft class is and how bad we are, would it make sense to prioritize development rather than wins? I like that question. I'll explain it. My, my point in a second. I do want to get to the next one too, which comes from Will Dunn at Real Will Dunn. Do you see any reason to believe that the team's struggles this season are just the growing pains of players adjusting to a new coach and vice versa? Or do you think the team's struggles are much more structural? So the first one first, development over wins. Here's the thing. They're, they're not mutually exclusive. You can do both of these things. You can go for wins and you can still develop guys too. Zion Williamson hasn't played half of a regular season. He's still developing. Even if you're trying to win, he's just that good. B.I. is 22 or 24. It's not like he's old. He's still growing and has his best years ahead of him as an NBA player. And as I talked about in yesterday's show, sometimes you just don't want to throw these young guys out there, right? There's a reason coaches rely on vets for a reason versus a lot of the young guys. Maybe Kyra Lewis Jr. isn't ready for 20 to 30 minutes per game. And if you throw him out there and he has eight turnovers per night, it does more damage than good. But here's the other thing to keep in mind. I know when people hear tanking like, let's go all in and be the worst team in the league and guarantee that number one overall pick, but it's a draft lottery. It doesn't guarantee the number one overall pick, even with the worst record. The Pelicans, the year they got Zion, had 7% odds, 6% odds to jump up and get that pick. None of the top worst teams did. The Pelicans did. So even being that bad doesn't guarantee you anything. And the NBA has kind of flattened to some degree the lottery odds over the past couple of years. Now... The top, uh, the worst four teams all have an equal percentage chance to get the number one overall pick. Just tanking for tanking sake actually isn't as advantageous as it used to be. And now with the play-in tournament, you can still potentially not be good and focus on development, but be just good enough to get into the playoffs. And that's what I thought the Pelicans were trying to do all season long. I didn't think they were in the top four in the West or even in the top eight in the West. Ten. 
That is development and trying to win games at the same time. So they're not mutually exclusive things. I do think there's still a lot of room to grow for some of the guys that are out there playing in Jackson Hayes and trying to win games while having him out there with Steven Adams, Zion growing, B.I. growing. We had hoped Lonzo would grow. All of that can happen while trying to win games. And frankly, if those guys are developing, doesn't probably mean you are winning games because they're getting better. I think those two things can go hand in hand and it's not just one or the other. The other question of, do you think there's any real reason to believe the team struggles this season or just the growing pains of players adjusting to a new coach or vice versa? I want to use Colin Sexton as an example here. Just had a 42-point explosion against the Nets that kind of put him on like star-level status right now. And he's looked really good this whole year, and he started to look good last season. Before that, he was like historically bad. Like that dude, Colin Sexton, flat out sucked. And now... He doesn't. Now, not everyone goes on that kind of trajectory, but this is his third year in the NBA. His first two years were not good. His rookie year was like flat out atrocious, depending on which metrics you look at. Last year wasn't great. And now he looks much, 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 much better. Sometimes it's just, you've got to be patient and let these guys figure things out. That's some of what you're seeing with Zion. It's some of what you're seeing with Nikhil. It'll be some of what you're seeing with Kyra Lewis Jr. And some of these other guys too, Jackson Hayes. Sometimes you do need to be patient with players because if you didn't, well, then everyone would have been screaming for the Cavaliers to trade Colin Sexton. And now they wouldn't have a dude that looks like he's going to be an all-star. And so sometimes it just takes a little bit so you can learn something from what went on with the Cavaliers and Colin Sexton and just being patient and trust, you know, I'm not saying trust the process, but trust that guys will get better and figure it out. I'm as critical as anyone of Zion's defense. It's not good, but I'm not expecting it to be good right now. And in year three, if it's not better, then I'm going to worry, but I'm not going to worry less than 42 games into his career. That's some of what I think kind of gets missing here. We talked about this on the Friday show, right? The what the fuck is wrong with the Pelican show of, well, everyone should have been taking a step forward, so they should be better, right? Sometimes that jump, that step forward comes in year three. For Brandon Ingram, it came in year four. He wasn't amazing his first three years in the league. It was year four that he took that big step forward. And so you can look at that with Nah, with Jax, and a lot of these other guys on the team. So give it a little bit more time, I think, before freaking out somewhat. And I think it's too early to say. Certainly the team's not winning games because of some roster construction issues, absolutely. But I don't know if it's like everything's wrong here and these guys are bad and we need to just tear it completely all down and start over. I think that's actually probably the wrong look to take on this sort of thing. So a little bit of caution, a little bit of patience is what I'm urging. And look around the league to see how some of these guys have grown in the leaps that they've taken. And Colin Sexton right now, I don't know if there's any better example than what's going on with him and the leap that he seemingly has made this season. And it's a big one. It's a big one. He's been really freaking good for the Cavs this year. We're going to have some fun in the next segment. Melvin Eli drop here. A couple of other weird references you guys aren't really ready for and haven't thought about in a while. And we're going to go down this weird rabbit hole of everything. And I'm going to give you a definitive answer to probably the best question. Thank you, Will, that I got 
on the mailbag. I don't know if this question will ever be top, but you guys certainly should try. But before we do that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by rockauto.com. You're working on your car. You never want it to stop running because straight up, that is maybe the worst thing that can happen to you. You can't get around. You don't want to, especially now, rely on public transportation. And sometimes you can't even get to the chain auto parts store to get the parts that you need. Not a good situation to be in, but luckily there's rockauto.com. Rock Auto is as easy to use and as great of a place as I've ever found when it comes to ordering parts for your car. And look, I have a room filled with them. I've been just delaying this to install all of this stuff, a radiator and other things, into an older car until the weather is a little bit nicer. But that's coming soon, I promise. So my place is filled with parts from rockauto.com and it was seriously cheaper than anywhere else. I'd have paid 60% more if I ordered all of this stuff through a chain store and that saved me hundreds of dollars. The AC condenser I got was 80 bucks. It was like 400 at one of the chain stores. Right there is a lot of money saved. They're a family business that's just been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You can, their their catalog's just super easy to use. You choose the make, the model, the year of your car, the trim, and they're going to show you all the parts that will fit. And sometimes that's a big concern, but they know what's going to fit. And I haven't had any issues with that. Everything matches my car exactly. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brands, specifications, and prices. Yes, prices that you prefer because best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Don't do that. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, you've just got to try these things. You've heard me talk about them enough. I tell you, I spend my own money on them. I eat one of these things every single day. I'm digging on the mint brownie right now, and that's going to be like a big one that I'm going to eat going forward. They're great as a meal replacement. They're great if you just need a protein bar uh, to load you up for a workout, whatever it is. These things are awesome because they actually taste good. You may as well eat the good tasting of the thing, right? That's what Built Bars are for protein bars. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, 180 calories and 19 grams of protein or just 130 calories, pretty low, and 17 grams of protein. You've got to give them a try. You can order a mixed box where they'll send you one of every flavor so you can kind of figure out what you like. Like I said, mint brownie is a good go-to one as well. And you can do all of this while getting 20% off your order. And then if you like it enough, you can go back and use the same discount code and get another 20% off. So try it. Just order one box. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on for 20% off your next order. Again, that is promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. So it's really hard to believe that it's been a year since we tragically lost Kobe Bryant. And on the Rejecting the Screen podcast, host Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe's life and career with a two-part special this week. Here's stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen and listen this week to celebrate the life of one of the NBA's all-time stars. Go check it out over at Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. So we're wrapping up today's show, Mailbag Edition of Lockdown Pelicans, and we've got more questions for you later in the week. And again, if you want to get yours on here, tweet at me at Nola Jake. Weirder the better, probably. Let's have a little bit of fun with it. Um, I've got a couple of other great ones here, and we'll get some more as well. But I do want to go to one from our good friend, Will Guillory. That is his own week on the show, by the way. You can, of course, follow him at Will Guillory on Twitter. 
Some dude from The Athletic where he's writing, which you should subscribe to. There we go. I do, and I read that thing daily for all of the teams that I like. It's unbelievable coverage. Like They're not even paying me to say this. I just genuinely think The Athletic coverage is really, really good across all sports. But Will gives you tremendous insight into the Pelicans, um, and you should really go check it out. So his question, more underrated, Melvin Eli or Jeff Withy? And whoa, those are two names we haven't heard about in a while. And I actually thought that this wouldn't be close. I thought one of these guys is the more underrated of the two. We're only going to look at their Pelicans career in a landslide, right? And so here was my thinking. I'm going to walk you through how I went because I went down a rabbit hole when it came to... I, I overthought this question way too much, but it's more fun because... There's going to be some names you haven't heard in a while. And you know what? Let's get a little nostalgic, I guess, is the way to describe it, though. Some of the names you're going to hear, you're going to be like, what the hell? There's nothing nostalgic about this. So Jeff Withy, let's start there because he's the least complicated of the two. Two seasons here in New Orleans after a pretty decorated career at Kansas where he lost Anthony Davis in the NCAA title game. Second round pick, two seasons in New Orleans, averaged, oh no, I just lost it per game. Here they are. Three points per game and 2.3 rebounds. He did it while shooting 52.3%. That's it. Like, that's Jeff Withy in a nutshell. Played 95 games, started four, averaged 10 minutes per game. My favorite Jeff Withy story is, since I have season tickets, got invited to, like, a meet and greet with him. It was a line you wait through before a game. People were going up with, like, little basketballs or a picture or asking him to, like, sign their ticket. I waited in line. And I always feel weird at these sorts of things because I cover the team, too. So when I get invited to this stuff, like, I don't want to be too buddy-buddy and have like that proper degree of like journalistic separation to some degree with everything. I just walked up to him because I was with a bunch of friends who wanted to meet him and like have him sign their tickets. He's like, you want anything to go? How about a high five? So he gave me a high five and like that was that. Super nice dude. That's my Jeff Withy story. That's like all you need to know about Jeff Withy here in New Orleans. Melvin Eli is a little bit different. He was on those really good Hornets teams that I mentioned earlier in the show that we'll probably do a retrospective on, 07, 08, 08, 09. Over his tenure here in New Orleans, 85 games, five starts, somewhat close um, compared to Jeff Withy, and obviously not a great player. 3.6 points per game, 2.5 rebounds, 45% shooting. So not great there. When you look at their per 36 minute numbers, because like I'm, I, I wanted to give this, I wanted to give this, which probably hints at what the answer is to Melvin Eli, right? Then you realize their per 36 minute numbers are like actually kind of close. Per 36 minutes, if they were to play that, Melvin Eli, 11 points, 7.4 rebounds. Jeff Withy comes in at 11 points and 8.2 rebounds. Like they're really similar players, but obviously Melvin Eli was on the good um, Hornets teams, the ones that were the best we've ever seen in franchise history. You got to give it to him for those kind of nostalgic vibes, right? That 07-08 team, even though they got bounced out um, by the Spurs in seven games, really freaking fun. That was an awesome time here for basketball in the city. He was on those teams. It's got to go to him, right? Wrong. Here is where the kicker comes in in a weird twist. He was on the team for more than those two seasons. He has a third season with New Orleans, 2013-2014. He'd already been out of the league for two or three years at that point, basically. Signed for two games at the end of the regular season. The Pelicans general manager, Dell Demps, cut Greg Steemsma. Remember him? 
I tweeted this out earlier. He started a bunch of games for New Orleans, 20 that season. They cut him at the end of the year, signed Melvin Eli to an unguaranteed contract. That unguaranteed contract carried into the offseason where Melvin Eli was then packaged in the deal that brought Omer Ashik to New Orleans. That deal could not have been done without Melvin Eli's unguaranteed salary, which didn't count towards the salary cap at that point, but you could just wave a dude. It counted for the trade value, then you wave him for the unguaranteed amount. So if he was on like a $20 million unguaranteed deal, you could wave him, only pay him 100000 but use $20 million in salary for the trade. You can't do that anymore. Because he was in the deal that brought Omer Ashik to New Orleans, and let's not pretend like anyone listening really likes Omer Ashik. Don't don't do this revisionist history thing either. Uh, like I've seen a lot of people doing with Omer Ashik. Melvin Eli, due to no fault of his own, other than wanting to get a paycheck for two games and go play a little bit more in the NBA, gets packaged and goes down as a player that was involved in the Omer Ashik deal. 39 minutes that season. Um, for the, no, sorry, that's the Jeff Withy numbers where the Melvin Eli numbers, it was something like that too, by the way, totals 27 minutes in 13, 14 for the Pelicans packaged for Omer Ashik, man, I'm just saying Jeff Withy wasn't traded for Omer Ashik and didn't set the Pelicans back by leaving. That alone probably means that Jeff Withy is the more underrated player since he didn't cause any long-term issues for this then Hornets-Pelicans franchise, anything like that. So I'm actually, out of nowhere, because of the trade, going to go with Jeff Withy is the more underrated player because of Melvin Eli being involved in that trade. One of those weird things, a bunch of names I had not thought about in a while, including Omer Ashik and, more importantly, probably Greg Steemsma at the time, too. Um, man, being a Pelicans fan and covering this team, you get a lot of names and a lot of dudes that came through, and this rabbit hole of one was certainly there. So I'm picking Jeff Withy, Will, over Melvin Eli because of the Omer Ashik trade. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. Fun show today, even with the postponement of the game. We'll do. We'll answer more of your questions later in the week as well. So please don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, tweet me your questions at Nola Jake on Twitter. Make them a little bit weird. Let's have some fun on the show here too. But also tweet me what you want to know and we'll answer them and do a lot of that this week. Perfect week for that sort of thing. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow to answer more of your questions.